You just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Aguiloa try to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Pat's interference. I, I think Alabama makes it to the college football playoff. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football, Baker Mayfield. Dude's a stud. I'm 5'7", 130. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? Get ready. It's going to be a good year. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another season of Pat's Interference. I hope you guys enjoyed this intro you just heard because we're going big and we're going in. I'm Patrick Brickman, joined by my favorite guy with the thinnest tie, Patrick Norwood. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. I'm great. Uh, we got a makeover, buddy. This feels we nice. Got, we we got a bunch of new stuff. It's like we're moving into a new place. We got the got the new intro. For those of you who follow us on social media, you've seen our new new little logo update. Uh, kind of mimicking the old one but giving it just giving a little flavor you know giving a little flavor on the back end uh we got a new soundboard you like that Mm -hmm. yeah i do like that i do like that because now we won't have to just quote things and then explain everything that we're quoting people can just actually hear it let's hear it for us you know what let's hear it for us we've gone in this year yeah we've done (laughs) i can already tell you're gonna I do actually plan to not abuse the soundboard this year, but I can try to promise. Yeah, okay. Well, for those of you who are new, this is Pat's Interference. Uh, Like he said, he's Patrick Brimman. I'm Patrick Norwood. Uh, Long story short, we met in college at Alabama, Roll Tide. Uh, I graduated in December of 14. You were May of that same year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Patrick's uh, lovely wife, Lane, uh, they live in Panama City Beach. Uh, I live in Durham, North Carolina. You've relocated since our last podcast. Yeah, those of you who have listened for you know a few years now, I have relocated. Uh, I've taken a job with the Durham Bulls. If you've seen the movie Bull Durham, it's it's one in the same, uh, one in the same. So yeah, thank you, thank you. No, I, I love it. Great. great, and I've got my girlfriend Jade, uh, and she's she's doing great. She uh, had her first game Tuscaloosa last year for the uh, for the Tennessee game. So that's, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much how we're doing. I'm just getting through a minor league baseball season. You're still crushing it at WMBB. Um, and, you know, it's just smooth sailing from there, right? Yeah. Was our last episode post-national championship? It was, it was post-national championship. We had talked about, so it's funny because we had talked about doing the patties um, this past year. And it, it didn't happen because I had my interview with the Bulls like a week after we had planned on doing that. And between that, uh, getting my house in order, getting ready for the move, actually moving, and then after I moved, the season started two weeks later. So there really wasn't ever a good time to sit down and do it. And honestly, we just kind of decided we were going to do this rebrand. And uh, yeah, we felt bad we, we didn't ever. do anything during the off season, so we decided we'd come back bigger and better this year. Yeah, and I, I think so far we've, we've, we've made a good impression. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, just search Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S. Interference, if you want to go on Twitter, it's P-I underscore podcast. We do not have Instagram because we're a podcast. Why would we? Uh, but you can go to our website. Uh, that's patsinterference.com. And you can email us at patsinterference at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, ETC. Brick, is there anything else? Have we have we covered? Everything? Actually, yeah, before did. before we get into uh, the meat of this podcast, since our last one was, you know, post national championship, we, we did this in January. I wanna revisit how we were feeling at that time. Um sure. maybe a little shell shocked, perhaps um a little amazed. Uh, we just right. won a national championship when at halftime you and I had both not sold us down the river, but we weren't feeling good. I, I hadn't thrown in the towel yet, but I wasn't telling Rocky to get up. No, 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 right? no. no. Um, um, I mean, Kendrick Lamar was on, and I walked out and took Skylar on a walk. And you know it it's that bad if you and I aren't watching Kendrick. Yeah, you, you know it's bad. You, you know it's bad if that's the case. But, I mean, you know, it all worked out for the right reasons. I think it, it kind of, interestingly enough, if it were a movie, it left us satisfied with enough cliffhangers to come back for another movie right? oh, cliffhangers yeah like a bunch of freshmen that we uh would like to see a little bit more of yeah like uh like maybe the guy who went 26 and 2 they got benched for a freshman who ended up winning the national championship 
That's that sounds like a good story, and this feels a lot better than it did this time last year when we were coming yes. back. And um, well, I'll, I'll let Kanye West say it best. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Yeah, I guess we'll never know. All right, let's get going, Brick. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and dive right into the most recent uh, news, kind of from this week. I know it seems like a weird place to start, but I don't want to go all the way back to March and you know, sort of uh, Quentin Tarantino it back to present day. So let's just let's do it yeah. the other way. Um, so first things first, this week uh, it comes out. ESPN reports, um, you know, kind of basically Saban had done his giant ESPN routine where he had gone on and Bama takes uh, over Sports Center. Exactly, and he'd gone on, and he was on all the shows. I think he was even on NFL Primetime, which I don't Yeah, he was on NFL Live, College Football Live. Um, he was doing uh, podcasts. He was doing radio. Yeah, he was doing he was, it all. He was all over the place. But And this, is, this that, is like a week after he just did Media Days. Right, right. Well, and that's how it is every year, I feel like, too. Uh, but we're going to get to Media Days later. For right now, it came out during those sort of interviews with ESPN – he did say something about how Jalen Hurts approached him and said, hey, you know, I made a decision. I'm going to stay. I'm staying till December when I get my degree. Or I get my degree in December. Uh, and I came to Alabama with the intention of getting my degree, which is very noble of him, very honorable of him. Um, but a lot of people, I feel like, Brick kind of blew it out of the water and said, oh, well, Jalen's never going to leave. Well, that's not what he said. No, 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 not even at all. Right, so explain that a little bit for people who may not know or may not understand what the transfer process is like, and please explain that new redshirt rule too, and how that might affect our current QB battle. Yeah, so um, a big part of this is that is that he told Saban that this was an uh, an educational. He came to Alabama to get an education. He can graduate in December. He said, "I'm going to get my degree from Alabama." Uh, Because if you remember, he was an early enrollee. He came in with college credits. So he's on pace to graduate at 20 years old. Doesn't that seem like forever ago, too? That we, that, you remember those first videos that surfaced of him like squatting a ridiculous... Oh, yeah. I he forget was, what the exact weight was, but it he was, was something uh, stupid. Acting as um, Deshaun Watson uh, as, as, as with the, you know, in January. Yeah. He wasn't even really part of the team yet. Right. Um, but, okay, so not to get off track, he, was, he, he told him it was going to be an educational decision. He's going to stay and get his degree. Well, when he gets that degree... He's eligible to become a graduate transfer, um, which means he can go wherever he wants, even in the SEC with the new rule that passed about a month ago. So um, it's going to be interesting. We know who we have him this year. Now, how Saban decides to use him is still, I mean, not to count him out, he could still be our starting quarterback, but most people feel like he will be the backup to Tua. What's interesting about that is that there's a new redshirt rule where a player can play in up to four games now, not just you know the one play in your red shirts burn. They can play in up to four games now and still be eligible for the red shirt. So you can play four. If you play the fifth, then you've lost that uh, red shirt eligibility. So that's a that's a big question. Is he, I don't know. Do you think that there could be sort of a mutual agreement? Because if he red shirts this year and he graduate transfers, he can immediately start at a new school and still have two years of eligibility compared to the one he would have if he, you know, didn't register this year. So do you think I, that there could actually be some sort of, not agreement, but, you know, between Saban and Hertz where maybe Hertz doesn't come in in garbage time? You know what I now, mean? Now, here's the thing. This is in a world where we're assuming that Tua is the starter. Yes. Right? This is not in a world where we're saying, okay, well, Jalen has the job because if Jalen has a job it doesn't matter this, right. con- this is this is a moot point right but I think yes to answer your question in a world where Tua starts for Alabama in the fall uh and Jalen is the clear number two guy I, I do think he red shirts I-, I think he transfers after he gets his degree I don't think Alabama fans have any right to be angry or disappointed in him if that happens not I at all point- I want to put that out there right now because I you know we're going to get a lot of that if he transfers, it's going to be, oh, well, he never really cared. He didn't like Saban. He never even technically won us a championship. You know it's going to be all sorts of those conversations, and I'm going to be tired of it. I can already tell that's a future sound off if all of this goes down. However, we are have still not seen a true battle between those two, right? 
we yeah, saw because he was the unquestioned of, starter that's, last year. That's that's the main thing is we saw a change of game plan. We did not see anyone definitively come out and say yes, Tua is the better quarterback. Last year, all we saw was Tua is going to get us what we need in this game, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important uh, contention to make. Now, I don't really want to get into the battle and argue who's better for what reason because there's no point because, like I said, these two haven't really battled yet. Right. We'll do that in a couple weeks, by the way. Right. But what I would like to say right now is, yes, I do think that Jalen uh, transfers in the event that Tua is the clear number one starter. I am not sure Saban's going to make that decision until probably right around the time that Jalen would want to redshirt. So probably around that, you know, game three, game four mark. You don't want to get too deep in the season. You don't want to get to the A&M game and still not have a clear quarterback picked out because um, that game is going to sneak up on Alabama quickly, I think. But, and what uh, you could see is that, you know, in a blowout game, you know, say week two, I don't remember who Alabama plays week two, but it's obviously a, a cupcake opponent after Louisville. But what we could see is Tua plays that first half, and when Alabama is, you know, assumed up a comfortable margin, it could be Mac Jones that comes in. Doesn't technically mean he's the backup, because if Tua goes down earlier in the season, it's going to be Jalen taking over the rest of the way. Well, that's an, that's another thing we need to talk about, too, is, okay, now we've seen Tua has played a game. Like, let's face it, the Vanderbilt game, that doesn't really count. Any games he played before Georgia, I don't... I'm not discrediting them because he did impressive things in those games. Tennessee, he did impressive things. What, all I'm saying is I I am not convinced that we saw him on his A game against an A-plus team unless that game is Georgia, right? Yeah, so I mean, but that's, you know, that's a We've pretty, seen him in half of a game, and he already got hurt. So what if he's not durable? I mean, we've seen Jalen get popped, get his face mask torn off, get his legs pulled over and wrapped around and all that, and he's popped right back up. What if that's not the case with Tua and Jalen transfers? Yeah, I mean, there, that, that could Jones. definitely be the case. Um, now, I will say the spring injury was more of a – he hit his hand on someone's helmet. That's not a – you can't ha- do that and say he's – but you could be right. He could be injury prone. We don't know yet. Right. We don't know, and that's what I'm saying is we have no idea about this kid yet, and I think that's the big question mark is if he would have come in for both of the playoff games, I would feel a little bit more confident in saying, oh, well, he's going to be the guy, but I, I don't know that yet. Right, uh, I know you don't want to get into I, the quarterback thing, and we won't, but I, I'm going to at least until we get into it, I have to operate because I do think he's the guy. I read the tea leaves. I see the oh, comments. Sure, um, sure. And, I, and I understand that, but I think – for, I think it is healthy for this podcast, for all Alabama fans, uh, to go ahead and assume that's going to be the case, but still not be surprised if it's not. I won't right? dispute you on that. You're right there. Uh, and I think it's healthy for the podcast if you are the guy who thinks, okay, two is going to do it, and I'm going to try and weigh the balancing act. Although you and I both know how I feel about it, and that I really do think two is going to be the guy. <laughs> Remember our conversation after the Iron Bowl? Do what now? Remember our conversation after the Iron Bowl? Oh, gosh. I, I want to forget everything about that night, but yes, I remember <laughs> our conversation. All right, so uh, the other news, the other tidbit, this was just today, a few hours ago. It was announced that uh, Nick Saban getting yet another ext- – we get this headline every off season, but another extension on his contract. They're adding one more year to the already seven years he had left. So eight years runs through the year 2025, $7.5 million this year, and it just goes up every other year. We knew it was coming. They won a national championship. He's still vastly underpaid. But my question for you is – does this – well, how do you feel? I mean, how, how do you think this, this implies how long he plans on staying until he retires? How long do you think is left on the uh, proverbial Nick Saban clock? Uh, I, I, honestly, I don't know. Um, you know, if you would have asked me three or four years ago, I would have said that probably he'd be here till about this season or next season. Um, I really didn't think he would want to stay in coaching that long. Um, I think – you know, uh, after the birth of his his granddaughter and how much I think that really affected him. You know, we didn't see him get soft by any means because uh, he's Saban, but we saw him, you know, kind of lighten up a little bit. Um, and honestly, I kind of thought that was the beginning of the end. I didn't know if he still had that killer instinct. And then he put a freshman in the national championship game, right? 
Um, but I don't think that that contract and everybody's focused on that number. What is it? Twenty twenty five. Yeah. I, I think everybody's a little hyper focused on that number and saying, okay, well we've got them for you know guaranteed for another seven years. Well, no. You know, a great example of that. You got to remember when Urban Meyer left Florida and the conditions that was. Yeah, and you he know, had now, several years left on whatever deal that was. Right now, whether or not he left on a legitimate basis, which I hate discrediting him because I know he had health problems, but at the same time, there were a lot of people saying, well, he was just kind of tired of it because if you'll remember, Florida did not have a great season that year. Um, so Jared, I think it's... Jared Brantley it's, at quarterback? I believe so. Is that the year they played Trey Burton? Now that's too? a name I've not heard in a long time. In a long time. God, I love the soundboard. <laughs> I I, I'm so pleased I with set it. that one up. <laughs> uh, I, you know, but... Seriously, I mean, you look back at coaches like that who have had situations like that where it's, you know, uh, two months before that, Urban Meyer's probably saying, yeah, I'm going to stay at Florida for another three or four years, and then he's gone. You know, so you really can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, well, Saban's going to be here at least until 2025. No. That's not fair. Uh, now, I do think it is a good sign that he's not going to leave in the near future. Uh, you brought up a great point when we talked a, a few weeks ago, actually, about Saban's timeline and when we think he might leave and everything uh, that I, I want you to kind of go back into as far as the Tungo Vailoa family is concerned. Yes. So I think I, I know that Nick Saban is he's a prideful guy. We all know that. And that's part of the reason he is what he is. I, I know in my heart, I don't know it for a fact, but I know in my heart that Nick Saban does want the record. He wants to pass Bear Bryant. He wants the all-time national championships record now he's going to have the tongue of iloa family if uh talia does indeed enroll at alabama for the next at least five years six years i think that in my head this is i have no no things that i'm basing this on but when talia is gone when that quarterback or paul tyson the next quarterback that takes over for tua after that era if he hasn't reached that next national championship, which we hope he has two or three times because we're spoiled Alabama fans, but my head goes that might be the cutoff. But it might not because he does constantly talk about how, you know, Miss Terry, his wife, wants him out of the house. His grandmother hit a hole in one at 80 years old. He's 66. If he thinks he can coach till 80, that's 14 years, and Alabama fans will never, ever, ever deserve to win another national championship again. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. I, I like that point about uh, Talia and all those. I mean, it's it, you just never know with a guy like Saban. You know, I, I think oh, part of me worries he's going to be like Bear Bryant, where as soon as he hangs it up, uh, that's going to be it, not just for his football career, but maybe his life. I mean, Bear died, I think it was two months after he quit coaching. Maybe it was a little bit more than that. Maybe it was closer to six. But, I mean, it was it was pretty close, and... Um, you look at guys like Joe Pop too. Now, obviously, that was a lot more strenuous circumstances that I hope Alabama never uh, gets involved with anything like that, obviously, or any college football team for the rest of time. But, uh, you know, you look at guys like that who hang it up, and then that's just kind of it. Um, but he could, be a, he think, could be a Bobby Bowden that just, to to that point. you know, loves not coaching it's as much as he does love coaching, you know, because Bobby right. Bowden's still going strong and playing golf every week. Right. You know, I I don't know. Um, it's it's kind of up to him. Yeah, he's the greatest college football coach of all time. Well, let's uh, just so. keep praying that he decides as long as he gets to leave on his own terms, he can coach another 30 years for all I care. Uh, we're yeah, going to look. That's fine by me. We're going to look back last week in Atlanta, obviously, SEC media days. Is sure. there anything, not just Alabama related, but it could be any other team? Um, that you saw from that week before we get into fall camp that you want to bring up? Um, no, I was, I was, I, it was as much as it can be a pretty ho-hum media day. It really was. Um, you know, Saban teed off on um, that little school in Orlando, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. He made some interesting comments on that. I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to give that school any more attention than they don't deserve. Um, and that'll probably be a precedent set for the rest of this podcast. But, uh, you know, he made some interesting points there that you can read um, or you can find on ESPN if you Google it. Um, I thought Damian Harris carried himself very well. Um, As always. He's he's, he's a guy that is meant for a role like that. You know, um, he got asked the 
Tua versus Jalen conversation about, I don't know, 30, 40 times in a two-hour span, and every single time he answered it the same way. We feel like we can go with either guy. The team believes in both guys, and we're excited to see what comes in the fall, um, which is all you can ask for. I thought Anthony Jennings did a great job. It was nice to hear that he's 100% healthy. Um, obviously, losing Terrell Lewis hurt, um, but you know I feel like he – covered those questions about linebacker health very well because that could have been something a little bit controversial and then ross pierce backer i think did a great job too you can tell he's going to be you know the, the strong silent type on the offensive line that goes to media days i mean how many years in a row has alabama put one of those um yep. in that position so um you know i think he's going to be a great offensive leader um and that kind of you know gets us towards fall camp i think i mean unless there's anything you wanted to say about media days uh no i think we're good i think that we and we're talking about practice man let's do it we talk about practice not a game not a game not a game we're talking about practice i'm done got position battles abound right obviously we've got the quarterback battle we've already talked about that more than i wanted to this podcast so we're gonna let that one be uh you've got something interesting on here that i want you to go into for the backup running back position yep um, so obviously, go, go ahead and go into that a little bit. You know, Damian Harris uh, is going to almost ex- certainly be the RB one, running back one. Sure, He'll, um, he's the guy. Sure. He, he's the guy. He came back, and the team's thrilled that he's back. And he was so underrated, so good last year. Uh, he deserves the shot at that one spot. But he's going to be splitting carries, just like he always has. And um, that backup running back spot is. Pretty interesting to look at because you're going to have Josh Jacobs, who is now in his third year with the program, and the number one recruit from last season, Najee Harris, who turned it on in the national championship game in a way that we all knew he could. We were just waiting for it, and I think Najee Harris, he, you know what I always like to harp on guys and say, he, oh, he looks like he's a Heisman man. Najee Harris is one of those guys in my mind. I think he could be the best running back from a pure talent standpoint that Saban has recruited. He's that good. But Jacobs is incredible and efficient as hell. So it's just going to be interesting to watch those two. He is, and there's a guy, Brian Robinson, too, who, oh, by the way, uh, scored more touchdowns than Najee Harris. He sure did. And he looks (laughs) good, and he looked great in the spring game. Yes, that's what I mean. And he had a ton of receptions out of the backfield, which we have not seen out of Najee Harris at all, I don't think, unless I'm forgetting something. I mean, um, he may have had a swing pass in the national championship or a playoff game, but, you know, Najee, uh, Ronnie Clark's another guy, um, you know, that can't really count out. Um, We, you know, that that position, see if you've heard this before, is just stacked at Alabama. Yeah. It's just a very next man up sort of mentality and, You know, if there's, I say it all the time and knock on wood, uh, you know, we've got, well, I just made the dogs go off by doing that. But I think, uh, I think that's, yeah, that's Sky, that's Skyler and Bosco's here too. But I, no, I think, uh, you know, if there's two positions where we can afford to lose people to injury, it's running backs and linebackers. Hey, am I allowed to say this, that I'm low key happy that Bo Scarborough declared? Uh, I am too. I am too. I feel like that could have really thrown a wrench into things unnecessarily because I I don't think he was a guy that really could have competed for a spot. But you, you how are you going to keep him out? Right, you know? right. He's you know he's in Dallas now. He was a seventh round pick. He got drafted. He is he could back up Ezekiel Elliott this year. But no, I just I thought Jacobs and Harris both looked better every time they ran the ball last year than Scarborough. It stinks because Scarborough got injured a lot. Um, but yeah, so I think. The odds on favorite would be Najee Harris at this point. Um, but Josh Jacobs, when he's healthy, we haven't seen – we didn't see that almost at all last year. So that's no. that's a big one. Um, no, we didn't. And I, I think Brian Robinson's the guy that's going to sneak up on you too. I think he could be a great third down back. He's the one that during the spring when people were asking other players, hey, who's the, who's the guy to look out for? They all said B-Rob. They all said yeah. Brian Robinson. Uh, the guy's blocking for the running backs. It's going to be a pretty good year up front for Alabama. Um, I'm so excited for this. Four starters returning on the offensive line. I I haven't been this excited about an offensive line since 2012. Yeah, that um, was that was know, the goat it, line. Just 
a, a powerhouse offensive line. The only thing I worry about with this line is can they stay healthy? Uh, you know, in the event that one of those guys goes down, uh, it really could spell trouble for Alabama. And honestly, uh, linemen go down quite a bit. So that's something that we need to keep our eye out on. But what are some guys, maybe not the starters, but the guys competing for that last spot or they could really, you know, we just talked about it, be that next man up sort of mentality. Who do you have in that role? I th- I think it's Alex Leatherwood. I I mean when when um when Jonah Williams went down in the title game, and you know we got a sick feeling to our stomach. We already got a freshman quarterback in there. He's handing it off to a freshman running back, and we all have freshman wide receivers in. Now we lost our best offensive lineman we've had in since Barrett Jones, and. Yeah, we were freaking out a little bit. But no, Alex Leatherwood came in. He held it down. Now, obviously, Jonah Williams is going to take right back that left tackle spot because he's a top 10 pick, most likely, in next year's draft. But I think Alex Leatherwood takes the other tackle spot um, that was vacated by... Remind me who was the right tackle. I don't remember anymore. Um, I think he completes the line. And there's other guys, but I'm almost handing that to Alex Leatherwood. I think he earned it in the title game. Yeah, he played great. 6'6", 304. I mean, he, he's just a beast. He's just an absolute beast. Um, from my neck really, of the woods like in Pensacola, said, too. Played really well in the title game. Everybody from practice really talks about uh, his quickness, his quickness off the ball, um, you know, and how quickly he can get up field and block. Um, and that's something that Saban always preaches to the offensive linemen. So I like your pick there. Um you know, I think Matt Womack's another guy, too, that you can kind of look out for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that can step in, especially if there's an injury or, you know, long play down the field and the guy gets winded or, you know, gets knocked in the stomach or his helmet comes off. I think that's a guy who can step right in and maybe not miss a beat, but, you know, definitely will be somebody who's able to step in and make some plays. Um, when Saban was in... ESPN this week and of course every every single question was either about the quarterbacks or something Jim Harbaugh said finally somebody had the gumption to ask him oh what's something about this team that we're not talking yet and Saban went into this pretty decent rant like not angry rant but just he says the thing that keeps him up at night is the secondary because we are losing everybody Minka Fitzpatrick Ronnie Harrison the the entire Hootie Jones they're all gone Mm mm-hmm so we got to find four new starters, five new starters, if you're thinking of a nickel corner. Sure. I, you know, I, I, it's tough. Anytime you got to fill that many spots, it's tough. I mean, this season is not going to be a cakewalk for Alabama. It, it lines, the schedule lines up well, which is nice. Uh, but it's by no means going to be something where Alabama walks in and dominates every single game wire to wire. Uh, that's just not going to happen, especially with teams on their schedule that can pass, which, oh, by the way, don't overlook Louisville. Yes, Lamar Jackson is gone. That same offense is still there. A lot of the skill position guys are still there, and that's going to be a great test for Alabama in week one to hey, see how that secondary and you, lines you, up. You want to you want to tell me that they can't pass? Their quarterback's name this year is literally named Jawan Pass. Yeah. Well, we might as well just call it a game there and start out the season 0-1. Yeah, I mean, and his nickname is Puma, so they're throwing out Puma Pass. Oh, my gosh. If That's such a brilliant sponsorship opportunity if Puma would wise up and start running American football gear. That's That would be so smart. But anyway, uh, you know, I think a guy that's going to step up, obviously, and I'm going to say it, and, um, you know, you're going to agree with me, I know, Trayvon Diggs. He's got to be one of the guys, if not the guy. He's got to be that Cyrus Jones, Eddie Jackson type to step in with that chip on his shoulder. You know, played wide receiver, was converted to corner, and now he's got to be that guy who steps up and makes the plays. Another name um, would be, the. you know, it's always big when Alabama gets a nice Juco at corner. So we got a Savion Smith, and I I do think he starts this year. He was a five-star, number one corner of the country. He went to LSU he, he wanted to play. Guy, yeah. He wanted to play with Les Miles. Sure. Left because I don't think things were working out with Coach O and Savion, but uh, came to Alabama and I do. He's very talented. He's very good. The other one uh, going to be a big friend of this podcast for name alone. Patrick Sertain Jr., our crown jewel of hello the recruiting class, the big freshman that we got. Yes. Hey, uh, hopefully, he does not have too many pets. 
interference. I am so sorry. Uh, Xavier McKinney, another guy that's going to have to step up too. He was um, awesome filling in at uh, at safety. I'm great. So pumped to see him. Great, yeah. Um, nice, nice long strides. Good long body to play that position. Um, it, the only thing that kind of worries me about him is the football IQ. I don't have any evidence of that. It's just anytime you get a new guy in that safety role, that's something that you've got to be worried about. But if there's one guy to get him ready. It's Nick Saban. Hey, Ronnie Harrison definitely did not have the IQ at first. He just was a no. bullet. He got it. He, he, got, he got there. He sure. got there. Uh, Tony sure. Brown never had the IQ, but no. we love him anyway. Silverback Gorilla. Right. Uh, so we'll talk a lot about the secondary over the next couple weeks and pretty much dive into anything Saban says about them. Defensive line replacing Duran Payne will be a pain in our butt. How do you replace a guy like that, Brick? Like, who, do, who do you even look at? I mean... Yeah, there's a lot of names on here that you can point to and say, "Oh, well, he might be able to." But really, who is we? All, be no, that we guy? always have the guy. You know what? Because we could have said two years ago, "How do you replace a guy like Ashawn Robinson?" Oh, we have Deron Payne. Now so, we've got so Raekwon Davis. Year, Did you say Raekwon Davis? I'm sorry, you cut off for a yeah, second. yeah, yeah. We've got Raekwon. Now he's an end, but he's going to take up that amount sure, of uh, sure. production. But he's going to carry that load at least. I, I think Isaiah Boggs is another guy you got to look at too. Which, by the way, side note, please tell me you saw the video of him playing basketball yesterday. No, I didn't. Please go look at his Twitter after we get done because it is. I, I'm going to retweet it from the Twitter from the podcast account at pi underscore podcast. Uh, and I, I want you to take a look at it because he's he's playing point. Is Avery going to recruit him? Uh, you know, I I'm just saying, Young Bull did leave. You know, I it's it's possible, it's possible. But no, so I, in all seriousness, I I do think that um he's going to be a guy that needs to step up. I think uh, Isaiah Boggs, obviously. Um, you, you mentioned Raquan Davis. His story last year was insane. For those of you who forgot, he got shot. And then made what like two, two sacks weeks before the, in the game. opening game, yeah, yeah. I mean, just crazy, just crazy, crazy story. Um, so you know, defensive line. I I feel like Alabama is going to come out on top uh, on that. A lot of times, they just got to find that guy who can come off the end um, and sort and sort of those nickel packages, like you mentioned. Um, who's going to be that Courtney Upshaw type? Who's going to be that Dante Hightower type? Talk dirty to me. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, you know, let's let's talk about the linebackers then. Obviously, the loss of Terrell Lewis is huge. Huge. Um, two years in a row now. Just uh, something that you just hate to see happen to a guy like Terrell Lewis, who was so determined to come back last year. It was so huge when he and Mac Wilson came back for the Iron Bowl. Even though Alabama didn't win that game, you can't go back and watch that tape. Well, what about and a say, sack in overtime in the national yeah. championship? Yeah, I mean, you can't go back and say, oh, well, those guys didn't play great that game and they didn't make an impact. They absolutely made an impact. If anything, just psychologically in that Iron Bowl. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, they play great there in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, I I think it, it really, really stinks to see Terrell Lewis go down. Um, he was doing leg lifts three days after surgery. But best case scenario, he might be back for the Iron Bowl again this year. Right, and it'll be the same situation. That's just a gut punch. That's an absolute gut punch. So, now you're looking at Maserati Mac to be the guy. Mac Wilson, um, two years ago, made that huge hit against who was that? Was that Speedy Noel on that kickoff? You remember? And Bryant Denny. I think, I think it, was. it was. I think it was Speedy Noel, but I mean, knocked knocked a tooth out. I mean, really just clobbered him. Um, and then last year was just flying all over the field. Had a huge game against Clemson last year in the playoffs. Was able to get that big interception. Uh, to kind of not necessarily seal the game, but definitely put a little bit more distance between yeah. Alabama. Saban and has already the referred to uh, Mac Wilson as the um, as the quarterback of the defense. He did that this week, so that just kind of confirms that he's stepping into the C.J. Mosley, Dante Hightower, even Rolanda McLean mold uh, on this defense, which I'm excited for because I I hate to speak in hyperbole, but he has the talent to be as good or better than any of them. He does. Sure. The same way we sure. didn't know if Reuben Foster would be, and then he's the best linebacker we've ever had. He could be the next. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, Dylan Moses is another guy that I want to talk about, because I think he's a guy that could step up big this season as well. For any LSU fans listening to the podcast, you might want to dip out at this point, because we're going to talk about Dylan Moses. And we're back in. Uh, so, <laughs> Brick, tell me a little bit about... Uh, what you can expect from Dylan Moses this season. He, did he play in the spring game? 
I don't think so. I don't. I don't, I don't fully remember. I don't remember why he didn't, but I remember saying that he wasn't going to. Unless I've got that wrong, I'm pretty sure I've got that right. No, Dylan. Um, Dylan Moses held it down late last season. And I know we lost to Auburn. He was incredible the week before, and really his first action, and he showed out and he earned himself a spot. Uh, he's fast. He's gotten bigger. He was the number one linebacker coming out of high school. Uh, and the reason I said that about LSU is because he was committed to LSU for like three years until they got rid of um, uh, what's his uh, the the coach that I just said his name. Les Miles. <laughs> Les Miles. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So Dylan Moses, Mac Wilson. That's the one-two punch. Um, we've got a lot of other guys. Lots of other. Um, ones that we're just going to be watching this spring to see who fills that out. Uh, I really hope Ben Davis can finally start to make his name known on that defense, but we'll be addressing uh, linebacker The other guy you just mentioned, his brother, you got to mention Jamie Mosley. Oh, yeah, he's still at Alabama. you got to mention Jamie Mosley, um, a guy that you know I think, I think could step up and get some minutes this year, um, could really get some playing time. But, yeah, Ben Davis is one that – we followed from he was an IMG kid, was he not? He he was just like he was the number one linebacker in the country the year before Dylan Moses. Yeah, so he you came know, in I, the same recruiting class as Mac Wilson. Wilson's now the guy, and Ben Davis has not seen the field. Yeah, so you know, I I think uh, I think Alabama, like I said, if there's two positions where Alabama can uh, afford to lose players to injury. It's going to be running backs and linebackers. I'm not going to knock on wood this time. Cause I don't want the dogs to wake up and freak out again. But, um, you know, those are, those are sort of the two, uh, key positions where you can afford to lose people. We should mention Keith Holcomb. Uh, it's, it's still kind of up in the air. There's, there's not really been a clear consensus decision as to his future on the team, but it does sound like he's trending more towards focusing on his baseball career. Yeah, don't don't uh, count on him to be back. He's he, he's he's a, honestly he's a better baseball player than he is a football player. He he's fine. He's fine. Uh, he was very uh, demonstrably bad against Mississippi State last year. I can attest. I watched that game a week ago on a replay, but he was good for depth. He wasn't the worst player. I've ever seen, but he would have just, he would have been dead. His depth was nice to have. He was thrust into a starting role last year that he never really needed to be a part of, but he's going to go play some baseball and that's good. Um, I think that's good for him. I think that's good for him. You know, wish him nothing but the best, but I think he also kind of saw the writing on the wall. You know, we just mentioned that whole group of guys that are very young playing that linebacker position. Uh, and I, I think he kind of recognizes what's yeah. going Plus on. Plus he ha- he has a potential career to, to carve out. Uh, in sure. baseball and and to take a bad hit playing football you know he he's definitely a minor league uh a talent if not higher so uh, we'll see i want to move on to guys that we don't talk about a lot i wrote this down i was interested to hear i want to know what's one freshman so just one incoming guy we have uh new player that has never played a snap at alabama and then one under the radar name that you are looking forward to watching in 2018 Sure. Uh, I'm going to go Iabi Anoma. You stole the, mine. I, I know I did. And I, I when as soon as I typed in the docket, I was like, I know he's going to say Iabi Anoma. But we can both talk about it. I mean, he's, he's huge. I can come up with another. He's, he's huge. He's, what, 6'4", 235? Um, you, you know, just a, a guy that, again, is going to be another one of those sort of end rushers. Um, I th- he's that, played two years of organized football. He was the number one pass rusher this past year. He he has Jonathan Allen type to potential rushing the passer. He's yes. going he is going to, he I'm putting my stamp on it. He is going to be incredible at Alabama barring injury. Yes, barring injury and again it's that football IQ question. Can he understand the defense? because um, that's another thing that we see with some of those guys. Reuben Foster struggled with that for a long time. Um now obviously it kind of panned out well for Reuben Foster, but it did take him a bit to kind of get the offense. He was on kickoff coverage for a long time. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen to Anoma, but I'm saying, you know, that could be a reason that he is held back. But I like what you say there. I do think he's going to be one of those guys that we look back and, you know, four or five years and say, wow, you know, that that episode of that podcast, we really, we really, really had, you know, hit the nail on the head there. Um, Remember how we felt? Because we, we started this podcast is we're in our fourth year, so fourth year. 
remember the way we felt about Minka Fitzpatrick that when I, he was coming on as a freshman? I do. I feel that strongly about Anoma. I think he plays this year. I think he makes big plays this year. And I think he is three and done, first round pick. Boom. He's that yeah. good. Sure. Do, do you um, have a guy do you have it, a guy that we is not as necessarily his first year in Alabama, just an under the radar guy that might be able to step up that you're interested in? I'm gonna go in a little bit different route here, and I don't know how you feel about me doing this, but I, I feel like you'll like this. I'm not going to pick a player because on the docket you did not say a player who's under the radar. You said one under the radar name. Oh, I did say name. I'm going to go Mike Loxley. Okay. Um, he's a guy that the players were really, really excited to get the job. Uh, a lot of the players were really pulling for him. And this is nothing against Tosh. Nothing against Tosh. However... Mike Loxley, when you get a guy like that in a coordinator position, especially under a Saban offense, that is a player's coach, they can do amazing things. I'm really, really excited to see what he does, not with Tua or Jalen, whoever wins that battle, but with Damian Harris and Najee Harris. Uh, You know, it, it seems like it's an offense that will slant more towards what I like in football. If you're unfamiliar with the podcast and this is your first time, I seriously went on a 10-minute rant last year about abolishing the forward pass. Uh, I know that I did that because I just went through and listened to about six or seven episodes making that intro that you heard at the top of the podcast. Uh, So again, Mike Loxley's my guy. Uh, Under the radar name, he's not somebody like Lane Kiffin. Um, You know, unless you're really familiar with the Alabama program, you'd never heard of him until he got hired. Um, But, you know, I'm excited by the prospect of a guy who's more of a player's coach. All right. I like that you said that. All right. So I'll, I mean, we, we mentioned, you mentioned a Noma, so I'll backtrack and I'll do my freshman as Patrick Sertain for the, the reasons I mentioned earlier. Plus I'm a Miami Dolphins fan and his dad played for Miami and was one of the best corners in their team's history. I'm going to go with another name for the uh, guy I think will step up this year. We got a lot of good freshman wide receivers, right? We got from last year, they're sophomores now, you know, we're talking Jerry Judy and, and Devonte Smith um, Henry, Henry Ruggs. Ruggs, you can't forget about them. I like this Tyrell Shavers. I'm all about him. Mm. I think he 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 was raw. He redshirted last year. He's six 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 seven. Tall, can jump, can catch. I'm excited. I, I think with a quarterback that's accurate, they'll be able to get him the ball. I want to see him in red zone situations, and I think Tyrell Shavers. I, this is the best group of wide receivers all in all that Alabama has ever had. Um, now, I don't know who the Calvin Ridley and uh, Mari Cooper is going to be yet, but I want I like seeing Shavers in that mix. I think we're going to run a lot of four wide sets this year. I think we're going to really open mm. this thing up with the arm that Tua has, and I think that fourth guy when we're running out of four wide sets will be Shavers. It's going to be It's going to be fun. Yeah, that, that's that's a good answer. I like that. Uh, all right, a guy that is under the radar, a name that's under the radar for you. That was my under the radar name. Okay. Who is your freshman? My freshman, I went back and said Sertain. Sertain, that's right. Okay, so we're good. Um, so I already talked about Loxley. Why don't you take Tosh? Tosh Lupoy comes in as the defensive coordinator. Uh, what do you expect to see from him? What's his style of play for those who may not be familiar with him? I, I'm a you know I I didn't hate that I I actually enjoyed his promotion more than I liked Loxley's initially I've warmed up to the Loxley thing, um, but Tosh I'm I'm excited I, I think he's just <laughs> I hate to put it this way because he's obviously a talented coach Nick Saban wouldn't have promoted him if he wasn't, but his job is to not mess it up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's he's been handed the keys to uh you know a Ferrari, just. Don't nick it. Don't ding it up. Bring it back yep. to your dad in the in, in the same way he lent it to you. Yep, it's I agree. gonna full he's, tank he's, of gas and put it back in the garage. He's a very talented coach. Um, the, the players love him as well. Uh, I actually think for morale, he's better than Jeremy Pruitt, who nobody really likes at all as a dude. So yeah, um, if say I, I don't know. I, I guess it's just the if Saban trusts him, I trust him, which I know is lazy analysis. But well, I'm, I'm not sure if it's lazy as much as it is that's, again, the greatest college football coach of all time. I mean, you can sit there and argue it all you want, but we've never seen a guy like Saban before because there's never been one like him before. It, you right? know you know when Bill Belichick 
drafts or signs some dude that you you know like Danny Woodhead. He's like giving the ball to Dan, some dude named Danny Woodhead, but everybody accepts it because they go, "Oh, well, Belichick's doing this." Yeah, you know, any yeah, other well, fan base would go, "Who do we?" But it's Danny, and it's the same thing with Nick Saban. He can find any coach, and people will go, "Oh, I'm, okay, well, I mean, he must know it's Saban," yeah. and it has pretty much always worked out. He has to know what he's doing. Yeah, I, I agree. And as much I as you it's... don't want to admit it, even the Kiffin thing worked out. Do you feel that? I do. Do you feel how bad you just made me feel? I know, but hey, the offense had never been better. It's going to be better this year, though. Don't worry. Let's move on. Uh, we're going to go to the award watch list. A ton of Alabama players got named to a bunch of award watch lists, which are basically meaningless. So here's what I'm going to do. All right, and I'm I'm kind of springing this on you, so I'm going to give you a second to prepare. I'm going to go through the watch list. I'm going to name all the names that I see. I want you to buy or sell the names as I read them after I read the award. Got okay. it? I'll try to be as non-homer as possible for this part. Not non-homer as possible. I don't need a huge explanation. If you want to explain it, that's fine. If not, that's fine too. Are you ready? Yeah, we can quick fire them. The Maxwell Award is first. Buy or sell Damian Harris. Sell. Jalen Hurts. Hard sell. Tua Tongo Vailoa. I'll buy that. You'll buy, so you're going to buy Tua, you're going to sell Damian Harris. I would buy Damian before Tua just because I know for a fact that Damian is going to start. Right. It, it's that a is, whole lot harder for a running back to win the Maxwell. Because pe- it's buy or sell, it's not bet the house, yeah. right? So if I'm making an investment in somebody, like a buying situation, I'm going to buy the guy that I know is going to start and hopefully get a lot of touches. It's just uh, running backs so rarely win that award and we have so many running backs that i mean as good as harris was last year he ran for exactly 1000 yards he needed like a three yard run at the end of the national championship to get to that thousand so i love harris but we've got another harris and a jacobs and a robinson that are it you know if if we were stanford and harris was all we had all we had was a bryce love then i'd i'd buy but we got too much in that backfield or a Christian McCaffrey. Uh, all right, here we go. Bednarik Award. Buy or sell Raquan Davis. Oh, I'll buy that. Anthony Jennings. Uh, oh, he'd have to have a lot of sacks. I'll barely buy that. Mac Wilson. Oh, I'll buy that too. I'll buy Davis, I'll sell Jennings, and I'll buy Wilson. I, I'm not sure that Jennings is in a position to really get the stat line that you need to win an award like that, and that's why I'm going to sell him. I think he's going to make plays that we recognize when we're watching the game and say, oh my gosh, did you see how he filled that gap? Did you see how he you know, was able to call the play and you know, make the read and all that sort of thing? But I don't think he's, he's award caliber. Call it recency uh, bias, but he might have been our best defensive player in the national championship. He was... Ooh. Hot takes. Yeah. The Lot Impact Trophy Award. I have <laughs> okay. no idea what this is. I think it's one of those community service awards, right? Maybe. I mean, I know who I, Ronnie Lott I, is. I, I don't know. So, buy or sell Anthony Jennings. I'm going to look up right quick what it is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I'm buying or You know what? Anthony Jennings for the Lot Award, I, I yeah, will give my state. Will... It's, it's an acronym. For integrity, maturity, performance, academics, and community. And tenacity. Do they make a watch list for that? Uh, apparently. I'm, I'm reading the Alabama watch list right now. I'll buy that. Sure. I'll buy it. Sure. Davey O'Brien Award. Jalen Hurts. No Tua on this. Are you buying or selling? I'm selling. I'm, I'm sorry. You got to throw the ball to win that award. Doak Walker Award, Damian Harris, buy, buy or sell? Well, no, I'll sell it. I mean, I'll, I'll light buy it because this is a running back-centric award, but I'm selling it mostly for the same reasons I said earlier. You know, Derrick Henry doesn't win the Heisman this year if he's on Alabama. Mark Ingram doesn't win the Heisman this year if he's at Alabama. Easy. Adrian Peterson doesn't win the Heisman this year if he's at Alabama. There's too many guys. The reason Derrick Henry won the award was because 
for half the season, Kenyon Drake was down, and we only had one guy to hand the ball to. Also, he was incredible. But you remember, you remember who the other back was that season that impressed everybody? No. Josh Jacobs. Oh yeah, sorry, freshman. Yes, yes. I thought you meant yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Remington Trophy. Buy or sell Ross Pierschbacher. I'll buy all the offensive line, but no, I'll sell him because I'm I'm saving my buy for Jonah Williams. The John Mackey Award. Hale Hentges. No, sell. We never throw the ball to tight ends unless it's we're on the three yard line. This is this is a big one. Okay, the Buckkiss Award. Ooh, I love the Buckkiss. I'm going to give you two names. Buy or sell real quick. And the third one, I'm going to make you guess who's on this watch list if you don't already know it. Ready? Buy or sell Anthony Jennings? Uh, Sell. Buy or sell Mac Wilson? I'm a buy. Who do you think the third guy is on this watch list? Is it Dylan Moses? It is Dylan Moses. Buy or sell Dylan Moses? Um, I'm still going to sell. I'm still going to sell. Uh, Mac Wilson's the alpha dog. And, you know, unless he gets hurt in the first game, but I'm not going to run under that's, those parameters. So I'm selling. Yeah, that's that's the only situation where I can see Dylan Moses stepping up that much and being that much of the guy. I think it would be Jennings would be the next guy up and then Moses is the next guy up after that. Um, And, oh, by the way, this would all change if Terrell Lewis didn't get hurt. Right. But, that's football, and there you go. The Bronco Nagurski Award, uh, buy or sell Raekwon Davis. Buy. Uh, the Outland Trophy, buy or sell Ross, Pierce, Ross Pierschbacher. Yeah, why not? Uh, or Jonah Williams. Okay, I'm doing what I did earlier. I, I will buy Jonah Williams. I think he is within the top three offensive linemen of the country. The Paul Horning Award, Horning Award, excuse me, Trayvon Diggs. What is this award for? I believe this is returner of the year. I will sell every returner at Alabama. <laughs> Why? Because we had to keep switching dudes out last year. And Diggs was one of them. And we had Xavier Marks doing stuff, and, and we couldn't pick one. And, you know, unless we have some freshman that's a phenom at this, Diggs is great, but I still hold my breath when the kick's in the air. Yeah, I, I, I'm still not sure if I'm right, by the way. I don't think I'm right on the Returner of the Year award, by the way. Okay. Uh, well, the mission we'll pretend is, is like to it help was. recognize and reward versatile, high-level performers in major college football. I have no idea why that award exists. Yeah, we might be we might be wrapping these awards up here. Yeah, well, there's only one left, and it's the Warful Trophy. It's the Community Service Award for Hale Hengis. I'm buying that because I want to see Hale Hengis do something good because I feel bad for him because he's a tight end at Alabama. (laughs) And since 2011, that position has been a waste. Uh, All right. That's our award watch list by ourselves. That went pretty quick, right? That wasn't bad. Uh, You've got on here on the docket how the rest of August is going to work. Yeah, I just want people to know what to expect during... We usually do one podcast a week during fall. So, um, And we usually try to mix in some kind of previews there at the no, same no, time. No, no, we do two during the fall, right? No, 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 sorry, just fall camp. We do two gotcha. a week during the season. Fall camp, one episode. So that gives us, if we if we start next week, we've got, um, we've got three weeks and then we're in game week. So next week we'll do one podcast... And in that podcast, we will include an SEC East preview. The next week, we'll do West. Uh, The next week, we're going to do a blowout Alabama preview. We're going to go game by game, confidence levels. Uh, uh, We're going to say who the MVPs of the team are going to be, which teams are potential trip-ups, cakewalks, um, season prediction, which will probably be similar to our last three years of season predictions and then after that we'll be in game week so that's the week we start so we got three more weeks of one episode a week and then that next week we get into louisville game that's on saturday we got to do two this week so then we do our all right let's preview the louisville game and then we do our favorite podcast of the year which is when we preview the college football season and we're always so damn wrong except for like one thing each of us horribly wrong which we brag about for years 
I'm honestly so excited for this podcast this year. Uh, I, you know, we've got, like we said, we've got the makeover, and I, I know it seems really, really just low budget and low quality at times, but we, I know for a fact you put a lot of work into this podcast, especially this past month. Um, last week, it's all I did <laughs> yeah. for, for a, a good bit of my free time and admittedly some of my time at work, too. The Bulls were on the road. Uh, so, you know, I had a little bit of downtime. I was able to work on it at work a little bit. But, uh, you know, this is this is something that I'm really excited for this year. That national episode is one that uh, I was I was cackling at uh, when I listened to it, um, trying to make the intro. You this were past such week. an asshole last year in that episode. I was so mad at you for Baker Mayfield. I picked so Baker mad. Mayfield I, I to win the Heisman that just to calm him now. down, I had to you know, BS my way and you go, well, maybe it's JT Barrett, which I knew I, and I, I'm still claiming, but, but you Mayfield. can't, you can't sit here and be like, Oh, you were the only one. Everybody thought that Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma was overrated at the beginning of last year. I don't think so. They had a lot of hype. Yeah. Yeah. He had a lot of hype, but no, I don't think anybody expected them. To and guess what? Playoffs. I like them again this year. Right. Um, so we'll have a lot of fun. I think I, th- this is a fight. We yeah, we're gonna are ha- fighting. We're going to have a lot of fun in that episode. Yeah, I might play that fight. one a lot. We're going to fight. Two years ago, our big fight was you said that the ACC was 100% the premier conference in college football. Was I wrong that year? I don't remember. I don't, I don't want to say you were wrong. Because that was, wasn't was that like- the SEC's down year? Uh, it was the SEC down year, and I'm not saying the SEC was better. I, I, I still don't think that the ACC was the best guy. I still think it was the Big Ten. I won't year. say that this year. I would agree with you there. Um, actually, and I'm getting close to putting SEC back on top, but we'll see. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's sneaking up there. It depends on how Texas A&M plays, but we'll get all into that. Like we said, next week's going to be the SEC East. Then we're going to have the SEC West. We'll have a Bama-specific preview. Uh, and and then, then it's football season. Then it's football season. We may want to push up this national podcast just a little bit, but we're going to get that schedule nailed down. It sort of depends. You know, the Bulls are winding down their season. We've only got – I've got 16 games left with the Bulls this season. Can you believe that? And then it's playoff time. That's so few. It's playoff time, baby. Uh, I do want to say I would be remiss if I didn't mention – Playoffs? Um, since, <laughs> playoffs. since it was – Playoffs? Don't talk about Playoffs? Since it was such a uh, quick exit for me at High Point, um, I know I've got a lot of High Point people that listen to the podcast. Um, I will always value and treasure my time there. I went back and listened to the episodes the other day where I announced that I was leaving Orlando to head to High Point, and then I listened to another episode uh, a year after I had started there. Um, so that was, episode was actually about a year ago. Um, my time there, the people that I met there, uh, the amount of support, that I gathered, um, the amount of things I learned, how my skills developed, everything uh, that got me um, to this point where I am right now, all the people that I met, the relationships I made, uh, it's stuff I'll never forget, some of the best years of my life. Um, excited to start a new chapter in Durham, obviously, but thank you so much uh, to High Point uh, for all of that. I wish uh, I had a sound bite that went, oh, but I, 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 I'll have to I, add that uh, one in. That That's probably my sound off. For the week, by the way, I do want to. I do want to leave it at that. Um, so, if you do, you have a sound off tonight. Oh yes, I assume it's about the Spurs. I've been waiting months for this one. Ah, oh, God! Everybody that has listened to this podcast in the past knows I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan. I'm as big as I'm about as big as San Antonio Spurs fans as they come. I love the NBA, love the Spurs, love what they stand for. And you know I'm about to get into the Kawhi Leonard situation. So I do. The whole Kawhi Leonard thing is the if you don't know, you don't listen to any NBA basketball. Kawhi Leonard was he's the Spurs superstar, top three, four player in the league, and he just got traded to the Toronto Raptors because he essentially forced his way out. It, but it, it, I've never seen the reputation go from sparkling to diva in quite this manner and there's you you can't you can't refute i mean he he is seen right now as an absolute diva he played nine games last season for the spurs and nobody ever knew when he was coming back it was a quad injury uh he missed the start of the season came back 
little be- I can't remember if it was a little before, a little after the All-Star break, played nine games, shut himself down, and went to New York. Just went and, and said, I know I'm, you know, and the team was fine. Hey, all right, you handle your rehab. You let us know when you're ready. You're our star. We've given you the keys of this franchise. Do what you got to do. Get healthy and then help us beat the Warriors. And he never came back. And the players didn't know. Nobody knew. Season ends. Spurs lose in five games to the Warriors. Uh, oh, and in the middle of that playoff series, Kope Popovich, the guy that turned Kawhi into what he is, uh, God bless him, his wife passed away unexpectedly. Or not super unexpectedly, but she passed away. He went to be mm-hmm. with her. Kawhi doesn't even come down to sit on the bench to support his team in that game. Stays in New York, doesn't say a word. Keeps leaking things out via his uncle to the media that he wants to go to L.A. Tries to force his way to a specific city. It was ugly. And he still has not said a word. Nothing. He still has not spoken to the media. He hasn't spoken to the media since, like, February. It is egregiously bad for his image, who... One of the big things is that people are saying he can't get a you know a rich shoe deal in San Antonio, which is such BS. Yes, James Harden is getting paid two hundred million or whatever by uh, Adidas because James Harden talks to the media. He shows up to events. He's got the beard. He has a brand. You're selling shoes to kids. No kid wants to be Kawhi Leonard because no kid knows who Kawhi Leonard is. I, I could keep going. I'm mad about it. I'm salty. I am. I'm. I'm. I'm mad. I'm. I'm mad. I'm hurt. And I should stop because no player's reputation has fallen like that. It's rough. Anyway, um, the Spurs got Demar Derozan out of it. I like him, so we'll see. Are you okay? No, <laughs> absolutely not. But I will be. Uh, we need to add Ed Reed's soundbite to the soundboard, oh. by the way. <laughs> Don't ask me if I'm right. Hell no. Hell no. Um, I'm hurt, okay. dog. I think, uh, have you seen the videos of uh, DeMar DeRozan and Pop kind of messing around this week at the USA practices? Hey, yeah, guess who uh, didn't show up? Guess who backed out of the last minute? Our boy Kawhi. I've got an, I've got a figure of Kawhi. Like, I spent $20 hey, like hey, three years hey, ago. Hey, guess what? Yeah, we're a little over a month from college football. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. I, college football trumps NBA any day for me. Well, obviously, but just just keep that in mind. That's Ladies the only and thing that's keeping me going. That's the start of our hashtag senior year. That's what we're calling this year. It's our senior year break. It's it's year four. All right. There's there's no more of this. Oh, we gotta re we gotta recut. We gotta redo this. We gotta re edit. You know, we've got things streamlined now. It's all going on one timeline. It can be thrown up immediately after we're done. Uh, you guys are going to get a ton of episodes this year. At, I promise. I am I am saying it right now. We are doing the patties this year. That was one of my favorite things we did year one, and we haven't done it since. We are absolutely 100% doing it this year. Are you in? I'm in. I'm in. So we're doing it this year. Uh, we'll, we'll plan that right around Valentine's Day. We're going to do a ton of research for it. We're going to bring it back. Uh, that is on me. I'm sorry we missed that this past year. It's our senior year. Thank you so much for listening to Pat's Interference. Patrick Rickman and I have always wanted to do this podcast. It's something that we talked about doing in college, doing a sports radio show together. I uh, never really found an outlet. I moved to Orlando. Brick was in Panama City Beach. We were talking one day, and I said, you know what? Let's just do it, and we did it. We could not do this without all of you who listen. We really, really appreciate you listening and supporting. And Go follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at PI underscore podcast, on Facebook at Pat's Interference, that's P-A-T, apostrophe S Interference, patsinterference.com, or shoot us an email uh, at patsinterference at gmail.com. Leave us an iTunes review. Uh, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Google Play. I don't know if the National Championship episode from last year actually ever got to iTunes. So if that ever happens, you don't find an episode on iTunes, man, go look at SoundCloud. They're always so clutch. They're, they're so great with us. Um, you know, we're, we're going to work a little um, it, bit, uh, it, in the coming it is, weeks on, uh, it is on iTunes. Too. It is on iTunes. Okay, good. I couldn't find it, uh, last week, but maybe I just wasn't looking in the right place. And your place. picture, and your picture just phone. updated, by the way, the new logo. You, 
it, it did update. Yeah, it did update. There you go. So you, you can see that new logo. You can go on social media. We're going to update the uh, website here within the coming weeks. We're going to leave that background. I love that background. Every time I go to our website, I love that background that you shot. You got such a gift with that camera, man. Oh, thank you. God, you got a gift with that. But anyway, that? this has been Pat's Interference. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. Um, like we said, we, we couldn't do this without you. Leave us a review. Comment, like, share, subscribe. Do all that fun jazz or don't. We're going to do this once a week or twice a week whenever we want to, uh, whether or not you like it. So there you go. That's it. This has been Season 1. It's our hashtag senior year. Thank you so much for listening. And Brick, most importantly, as always, roll tide. Roll tide.